sink your teeth into. So tonight we're going to talk about four um, four things. Um, and this is all about this video. If you're watching it, right, um, is all about how the media uses our minds against us and what to do about it, right? So if you have found yourself in those positions where you see like so many different conflicting posts and shares, you're like, I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> this is the video you should be watching, all right? Because I've been there. And just when you think you know what to believe, there's like mm, a counter to that and a counter to that and a counter to that. So anyway, so this video is about sort of giving you a little bit of a samurai sword to cut through it or at least know how to know what to hear, what to let register and and equip you in knowing how to uh, take your next step in discerning what what's true, what's authentic uh, and what's relevant. All right, so four things we're going to talk about. Epistemology, imagination, hypnosis, and manifestation, right? Fair deal. So, <clears throat> you know, one word that rarely ever comes up in a cocktail party <laughs> or at the bar or anywhere in my conversations is this word epistemology. Um, now, this word just happens to be one of my favorite <laughs> words, like in the world, right? Like it, it just. It just is, right? And I'll share with you why that is. So if you're unfamiliar with the term, and even if you are, right, for the most part, I think generally people are like, yeah, I think it means, no, 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 right? So let me just share with you uh, what the definition of epistemology is, right? Um, uh, all right, here we go. The definition of epistemology if this is still recording uh, my video is frozen so if it's still recorded all right and we still live screen froze screen froze <laughs> uh, gotta love <laughs> gotta love a wonky internet connection every now and then okay all right okay so epistemology is the theory of knowledge. And I'm not sure if this is still recording. All right. I think it should still be recording. All right. <clears throat> so epistemology, let me use my uh, device down here to do that. OK, are we live? Are we still live? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'll give you the summary of it, right? And then I'll post a link for you. So epistemology is this is you know the theory of knowledge. Essentially, it comes down to how do we know what we know right? enough for it to become a belief, enough for it to become fact, enough for it to become um, you know something that we can make a, a decision based on, like saying, oh, oh, I know this to be true, therefore I can you know take this next step, right? So. How do you know what you know is true? Okay, that's the question. And you know, as human beings, one of the things that makes us vulnerable is that we are constantly, um, subconsciously, having to make assessments about our world, right? Um, about its safety, about what's possible, 
can do and can't do and for um, we consistently have to be making assumptions about things right so someone comes through the door and they say you know they're shaking an umbrella <clears throat> the umbrella's a little bit damp and maybe they're they got you know rain on them got some moisture on them and then, uh, they say oh man it's crazy out there right well if you are planning to take a trip to the store you that registers right that says okay you know, I, I I assume it's true, right? I see an umbrella, I see water, I you know, you get what I'm saying? Like in that moment, you have to you make an assumption, right? Like, well, and besides, why would that person make up that it's crazy out there, so on and so forth, right? But over time, if you know that that person has a tendency to exaggerate, you can kind of calibrate your your belief. But the bottom line is, we are constantly having to make assumptions about the world, and in that illustration that I just used. We have to make those assumptions not basically not all the time based on our own eyewitness. We have to um, make those assessments of the world based on what the reports of others is, right? So, yep. If I were to look outside the window and it looks like oh it's not bad, and then someone comes in, it's like oh man you won't you can't believe it. There's you know it just started raining. It's like well I just looked a moment ago. It didn't look like anything was coming out and now this person comes in right so we're all the time having to make these kinds of assessments all right so um, the key the reason why I share this is that I want you to remember that you are always in an epistemological frame right so like your worldview is a function of all these epistemological lenses Right? What you believe is true, what you believe is fair, and why you think it's fair, and what supports that, and you know why that's legitimate instead of this being you know uh, false, like all these things. Right? You can you are within a you are in an epistemological framework, whether you are aware of it or not. You just always are. Okay. Now, what I want you to consider is that since you are always in that frame, when someone presents information. They are also in their epistemological frame of what they know to be true, or what they believe to be accurate, what they believe to be justifiable, so on and so forth. And so enter the case for, um, for the news, right, as we get it today. Now, just to give you some stats, um, there are 196 million uh, Americans who are over 21, right? So we just say adults, okay? And um, they get their news uh, from a combination of the the television, you know, online, radio, and newspapers. Okay. <clears throat> and when they watch it on the news, which is about 112 million Americans who watch their news, who get their news from online, I mean, get their news from the television, right? Um, they are looking at something that has a particular frame of how that uh, filter that that news is coming from okay and so when you're watching it that so that let's just say this is the filter now you got your filter and now like this is what you're what you gotta you know this is what you're what you're looking through so you're looking at like a filter within a filter now <clears throat> based on what what uh, news um, station you're watching that news station itself has a filter 
right? So there's that filter. There's the filter of the person who wrote the, the report. There's the filter of the person who uh, gave that person the report that they're reading to you. And there's um, the filter of the person who may have been an eyewitness at the place that then, you know, telephoned that information in, blah, 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 blah. You see what I'm saying? So it's, it, it is a version of telephone, right? Okay. So at the end, there's you with your frame. And now you've got to discern, or in some cases, just kind of take it at face value that, oh, this is true, right? Or mostly true. And that's the challenge. What I want to say next is now, if you take that uh, intake, right, what you just ingested based on your own epistemological frame and reality, right, because that does also color your reality, um, how can you trust what's in your newsfeed, right? Because anyone who posts anything in your timeline or your newsfeed, right, they're posting based on like their frame. So then you've got the lens of the, per you know what I'm saying? You got the lens of the reporter who, you know, type their report and and based on what their sources were, right? And the lens that their source had. So it's like the lens of their source, then there's their lens, you know, compared against the lens of their source. And then they send that report to the, you know, and look, I'm not in journalism. I'm maybe, of course, I presume there's more hands in that. But at the end of the day, it's like layers of layers of layers of layers. Um, to, to deliver information to you, right? And then there's you with your own framework. In the end, you have a decision of whether or not you want to go with it or not, right? Whether you agree with it or not. And what your uh, radar says about how to discern if something is true or not. Two, imagination. So depending on what you assume to be true, what's going to happen next is you then start to consider and embrace that and let that register. So if your imagination um, believes it, um, you're, you know, you will unconsciously begin to comply with the information that you're receiving, right? So whether you are aware of it or not, some aspect of you begins to take into consideration, if this is true, then I should prepare to do X, Y, Z, right? And so you no longer use your imagination to create, uh, like sort of independently, you're using your imagination to support or interact with this information and, and adjust, make adjustments, right, to yourself and your being and how you show up in the world as a function of that information. So that's the imagination part of this conversation. Then the next thing that happens is hypnosis. So <laughs> at the hypnosis level, it kind of sounds funny, like the hypnosis. Well, here's how this plays out, right? So hypnosis ultimately just comes down to how we are then hypnotized to um, propagate. Right. So what happens next is if you hear a particular subject matter discussed in a particular way, and there's usually uh, like a tagline. Right. Um, so let's just say, you know, one of my sort of <laughs> comical favorites that's just like just outrageous how often it's like the death toll now is the death toll now is the death toll now is right now. Anytime you hear that, at some point you get numb to it, right? But you never, you don't. What happens is it's a, it's a, it's a framework, it's a language, right? That then starts to sink in or seep in to the to the psyche that then starts to prime you for something, right? 
And of course, psychologically, I mean, you can study the work of uh, the likes of one of my favorite um, uh, sort of researchers on the subject matter, uh, Ernest Becker. Uh, he's got a whole study, uh, a book actually, uh, on the subject of the denial of death. And then some of the uh, PhDs who followed up on his work, they can, they can give you all kinds of great reference points of um, the significance of what's called the death prime, right? So people do different things when they are primed with death. And so, so then the hypnosis of the repeated terms and phrases, right, whether you're reading it, and like I said, so you know, you got 112 Americans that watch their news, you got 74.8 that get their news online, you got 49.2 million um, that get it from the radio, and then 9.3 that get it from the papers, okay? All right, and that total is 192.9 uh, uh, million Americans. Adults, okay. So now I want you to think about that, right? If we round it up, almost 200 million people um, are receiving information, right? It's coming in. It's coming in. It's coming in. It's coming in. Right? Now, the kids, those who are under 21, right? Some in some way, shape, or form are tied to those <laughs> 196 million adults, right? You know, they're, they're their offspring. Um, you know, there's associations, there's uncles, there's kids, and you know, you get what I'm saying, right? So it's not just, oh, these 200 million, right? So we radiate that information. And then what happens in the end is manifestation. Now, here's the thing. The thing about manifestation is probably the easiest part, right, of the human experience. And the reason why is because it's just like if you want orange trees, what would you plant? Orange seeds, right? So if you want apple, uh, apple trees, what kind of seeds would you plant? Apple seeds. So if you want um, adults to be compliant, right? There's a certain combination of ways to present information in a way. There's a way. You know, um, you know, as I saw people arguing and not necessarily arguing, but, you know, they've got different points of view online. I realized that um, the news is giving us our talking points. You know, you know, whatever it is that you are countering, engaging in, commenting on, right? It's a function of what's happening out there, right? And we are in some way watching what's happening out there. And then, remember the manifestation part that I said was easy, right? Those are the seeds that are planted. And then the fruits of it manifest in the timeline, manifest in what we share, manifest in what we're arguing and debating about. So now it's like, uh, you know, vaccine versus no vaccine, stay at home versus, you know, ending the lockdown, open up America versus not open up America, not yet. Uh, it's going to be worse than the Spanish flu. Oh, uh, no, it's going to be okay. Uh, let's go to the beach. Uh, right? All these conversations, and it's not that they're not relevant, but they're not, they're not original, as in like they're not, 
They're not necessarily, we're, we're not driving the conversation, right? And so when you're not, when you're not driving the conversation, but you feel like you are, then it's, it's just as if you are, right? But you're really not. So ultimately, we're getting all this input, 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 and then the manifestation of that is whatever the conversation and the dialogues are. And then we get into debates and we get into fake news and fake, fake news and da 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 right? Meanwhile, there's other things happening in the background that we're not paying attention to. You know, like the other day, it just, just hit me. Um, I'm like, wow. So, you know, I had, um, had some clients that uh, <laughs> they were going to get married. And I was like, wow, what whatever happened <laughs> to to that situation, right? Like, are they like, what do they do? Are they gonna get married? Are they not gonna get married? Um, I started to think about like, you know, um, concerts and whether you're going to a orchestra concert or you're going to a rock concert, you want to go and have a picnic out at the park. Like, I just started to have this like re reality check, like how. These things that we just sort of, it's not that we took them for granted, because I think people just, you know, we overuse that term. It's not that we take take for granted. I think, you know, uh, contrary to how isolated I think we think we'd become as a society, I think we're far more intimate and far more appreci appreciative of the presence of human beings around us uh, than we maybe gave ourselves credit for, right? And so I started to think like, you know, now, uh, holidays and, um, you know, holidays have to sort of, uh, who knows how people will navigate them, right? Like, oh, no, don't, you know, I don't want too many people at the house because to, um, you know, birthday celebrations, to baby showers and play dates with the kids and uh, what else? Just these, just these real genuine entrance, you know, the holiday, you know, like I said, the holidays, Thanksgiving or uh, Christmas, or New Year's gatherings. Um, I mean, like, let's just think about New York just to use that, as, uh, use that as an example. I mean, New Year's Eve, right? Watching the ball drop. Watching the ball drop. I mean, the world comes to New York to watch the ball drop. And now, you know, all of a sudden, we, um, we got, whoa, skirt, skirt. Right, like, no, 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 can't, can't watch the ball drop together, because, you know, and it's not to sort of undermine or make light of the circumstances. And it takes us back to something, which is, and I'm sure you have your version of it, of what are we actually really, truly dealing with, right? You know, whether it's the accuracy of the numbers, or if that is. You know, are these numbers really an accurate reflection of what's happening? Um, uh, are these, um, of course, you know, deaths really uh, attributed to what they need to be attributed to? Um, you know, what are real, you know, what are the real efforts that are made to really strengthen our immune system? Uh, there's the other thing too, you know, uh, the information about uh, how America funded a laboratory um, some research on the coronavirus and how it may have broken out of there and of course now you know infiltrated back to the US and now we got to get like a vaccine to cover up for something that should have been covered up <laughs> right like and now we aren't 
you know, supposedly able to engage and connect with one another in the way that we normally would have had all of this not kicked off to start with the way that it kicked off. You see what I mean by how Saul starts to play out? So ultimately, here's what I want to leave you with, right? It's one, recognize that at any given point in time, no matter how smart you think you are, you are in an epistemological frame. <laughs> Period. Okay? <laughs> you just are like, <laughs> that's just what comes with being you. Right? We all are. <clears throat> but you have to be able to question your own epistemological frame. Right? You got to really have the courage and the humility to say, well, what do I believe to be true? And why do I believe that to be true? And why do I believe that to be true? And what are my assumptions? Right? What that gives it any validity? Right? If you're willing to do that, then you give yourself enough of a space to hear something without necessarily jumping right on it as, oh, that must be true. Oh, that must be accurate. Right? Um, okay. So once you do that, it gives yourself your imagination. It protects your imagination from just ingesting information and running off with it, right? Because what happens is once your imagination starts processing what you're hearing as if it is the truth, then you just then uh, are going to be drawn to hearing more of it. And when you hear more of it, there's a hypnosis that takes place, right? Whether you are aware of it or not, um, that then can't help but manifest by your uh, compliance, right? Um, and uh, in some cases, you know, just by you acquiescing, just saying, oh, well, I guess that's just how it is. Um, I'll close out with just um, an example of what I mean here. Um, you know, in the past, the reason why, you know, we could sort of be in some way, you know, I'd just say sucker punch, right, with information is because we didn't have time, right? And that's really it, where, you know, ultimately... Um, human beings have to constantly be making assumptions, right? I mentioned this at the top of this uh, for our survival because we don't um, we don't have time, right? So it's like you got to make you know quick assumptions for your uh, fight or flight experience, right? And so we are constantly having to just really rely on sort of like the behavior of other people. So like if somebody's in a theater and they shout fire, well, you know, <laughs> you take a you take action, or if Nobody says anything and everyone starts stampeding to a particular exit. Yeah, there's this part of you that's like, well, if they're running, it looks like they're running to safety. Um, therefore, I'm going to do the same, right? So we're constantly having to make those kind of uh, assumptions about our world and about our environment, which makes us vulnerable. But now in this, you know, depending on what, how extensive the lockdown is for you, you have an opportunity to really start to redefine what your epistemological framework is going to be. I know I've done some crazy work over the past um, two, three weeks, four maybe, looking into, looking behind the curtain in the matrix of this whole realm. Uh, and it's really been um, eye-opening uh, to be, you know, to, to really say the least, and that's not even fair, just put it that way, but it's beyond eye-opening. It's, you know, kind of heart and soul and mind and body and spirit opening. And I, um, you know, I, I invite you to do the same, right? Um, don't just dismiss things, uh, you know, don't jump on the bandwagon of, oh, that's a conspiracy. Um, 
you know, I mean, most people couldn't even de define conspiracy. You know, conspiracy is not just some deluded person making something up. Conspiracy is just a plan to do harm. Hello? That's one definition of it. A plan to do harm. Okay? So, yeah. There's conspiracies, period. Um, through entities and authorities and, and groups and communities, right? So, it's not just a matter of, oh, somebody's making some stuff up. No, I mean, I, you know, as a professional in the different fields that I've worked in, I've seen uh, policies and practices that were conspiracies, as in it was something that was in place that did harm, right? When, um, uh, and it wasn't checked. It wasn't, wasn't something that someone looked into and said, hmm, this is bad, right? And or if they did, they were like, eh, you know, we'll let someone else take care of it. So look, you know, don't do that to yourself. Be open and study things, right? Like genuinely use your own epistemological senses. Again, asking those questions. Why is this true? How is this true? And why do I think it's true? You get what I'm saying? You do that kind of work, I promise you, your whole mind will get blown. Um, so I'm partly some of the Americans that sometimes gets their um, paper uh, or reads. 39.3 million Americans, right? That's about 20%, I think. Adults. Yes. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> here's like an example, right, of something. So, you know, uh, this is an old article earlier this month from the Wall Street Journal. Um, the headline is, U.S. jobless claims, claims hits 6.6 .6 million. Okay. So, if I'm interested, if I'm like, oh man, how bad is it out there, right? I go to that article. U.S. jobless claims hit 6.6 .6 million. Okay, well, if I'm concerned about my own uh, work, and what I need to do, I would look into that, right? Okay. Um, <clears throat> and of course, it's got a table, it's got charts. But I want to read like a section in here. Um, and it says, a record 6.6 .6 million Americans applied for unemployment benefits last week. All right. So, it says a record. I mean... Okay, that's a little bit startling. Okay, so energetically, I'm like, oh, a record. No, oh, it's the highest it's ever been, right? So notice, it's the highest it's ever been. And if you're unemployed, you're like, oh, man, I'm part of this 6.6 .6 million, you know, and whatever your assumptions are about that, right? 6.6, .6, a record, 6.6 .6 million Americans applied for unemployment benefits last week as the new coronavirus struck this is our word, struck the U.S. economy and sent a recently booming labor market into free fall as confirmed cases topped a million worldwide. Right? <clears throat> so I won't even get into the rest of this. So I'm going to presume this 6.6 .6 million is coming from somewhere, right? Right. So th these are the, this is what I'm talking about. All right. So a record 6.6 .6 million, according to probably let's say the U.S. Department of Labor. 
right? Okay, and so now I have to trust that the U.S. Department of Labor, uh, that their numbers and, of course, you know, in their system, that that's an accurate reflection of what the true state of affairs is. Do you see what I'm saying? So, okay. Now, um, the next part is for, you know, uh, last week as the new coronavirus struck the U.S. economy. Hmm. Now, what? You notice the words here? The new coronavirus struck the U.S. economy. So it's the virus that hit the U.S. economy. <laughs> right? You notice the language here. Struck the U.S. economy and sent a recently booming labor market into free fall. Oh. As confirmed cases topped a million worldwide, right? Now, confirmed cases according to who? Oh, maybe the who, right? The World Health Organization. Boom, boom. Um, <laughs> right? Okay. Well, is it the, the who that's confirming the cases? Where, you know, what's the source of the data? Have you seen what I'm saying? So, uh, now I just paused to just break down one paragraph, right, of an article that, like, genuinely, I personally can't verify. So, what do I have to do? Assume that, that this is kind of true. Now, I don't, I don't know if this is absolutely what the case is, but this is what we do every day, right? You hear a number, you hear a situation, like, I mean, you can't verify, not that you can't, but, but again, in the interest of time, it's like, well, all right, well, let me go to the Department of Labor. Oh, okay, it says six there. Maybe the Department of Labor has like, you know, uh, 6.2, all right? And then in this paper is 6.6. 6. Okay, all right, all right, ballpark, right? But this other part about the, the coronavirus struck the U.S. economy. <gasps> struck, oh my gosh, it struck it, right? And, um, but, you know, right in there, I mean, there's, there's no conversation about, well, is it the virus that struck the economy or the request or the mandates of stay-at-home orders, right? Which, it doesn't have to be a virus. Next time, it could be a straight-up alien invasion. A meteor is coming. Stay, right? So, it would be meteor strikes the account. I mean, you get what I'm saying? I know it sounds insane, but again, if you don't question your own epistemological frame, right, you... You, you, you can't have a sense of humor about this, right? You can be like, oh, well, you know. No, like, look, is, is it a human being that publishes this? Yes, a human being publishes this, right? Human beings, right? Human beings with points of views and different ways that they interpret what's happening in the world and doing, in some cases, their best to share that interpretation with you, right? And in some cases, supposedly be neutral about it right um anyway <clears throat> this is laden right with some perspective and that's my point 
Now, if you're someone who's unemployed and you're shook, yeah, this is kind of a little bit of a, oh, man. Honey, you won't believe this. 6.6 million. Man. Man, the U.S. economy got struck. And labor market's in free fall right now. We're screwed. We're, we're done. Now, you read that. And you go, you know, you see the news feed in your phone. And you see somebody share it on the timeline. Um, then you see it on the news. Then your friend says, hey, man, did you read that article? I was just reading the article, man. 6.6 million people. Man, you know, this corona is really... And now it becomes your new belief. Right? Now you have no sort of volition to say, all right, well, true or not true, what am I going to do about my sort of work path, right? My value creation and contribution in exchange for resources and income. Right? I mean, I know it sounds kind of simple and simplified, but that's what's happening at the most elemental level, right? So this is key, guys. Um, I'm good. I'm done for now. Those are the things I wanted to cover. So, <clears throat> you know, I subscribed to this thinking, you know, I'll get uh, get some nuggets. But I do get nuggets. It gives me an understanding of how the world is viewing itself and how I need to interact with that world, right? So don't get me wrong. I mean, there's relevance in this. But you just have to be mindful about how you process it. All right? So, all right, guys. I think that's it. That covers it. We are good to go. Um, for deeper discourse in the conversation, um, you can head over to uh, the this Facebook Facebook group available uh, for intelligent sort of driven discourse about these matters, right? These conversations. Um, that makes a difference. I, I it just makes a difference. Like, I, I enjoy and appreciate those who have other perspectives and uh, and have references to back it up, right? And are willing to question their own assumptions about what they believe to be true. Um, and so, of course, there's also content to be shared that's coming that I'd like to um, put forth so that you can also decide for yourself on matters that are relevant to what's happening right now. All right. Okay, guys. Thank you. If this made a difference, leave a comment. You know, put a thumbs up, put a heart, put something. Um, let me know you're watching and this is contributing to your, your journey and your path. All right, guys. Appreciate you and have a good one. I'll see you guys soon.